0: Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Resets Friday News Roundup.
1: Illinois public health officials say for the whole state nearly 4,000 people have died in the last 2 months. That time frame of plateauing near a peak has been expanded from mid-May into mid-June. New church-state confrontation brewing over social distancing. A pastor has
2: defied Mayor Lightfoot's stay-at-home order. He held Sunday services, saying it's an essential service
1: like food for the soul.
0: Everyone is at risk of contracting this virus, no matter what county you live in, or your political affiliation. Joining us now to break down those stories and all the big state and local stories this week is WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. Hi, Dave.
1: Hey, Jen. How are you?
0: Also with us, Chicago Sun-Times columnist and ABC7 political analyst, Laura Washington. Laura, welcome back.
2: Hi, thanks, Jen. It's great to be with you.
0: So Dave, I'll I'll start with you. Nearly 4,000 people have died of COVID-19 in Illinois. About 88,000 people have tested positive statewide. What's the latest information we have on the numbers?
1: Well, I mean, yesterday there were 138 new fatalities that were announced and uh, a little over 3,200 new cases. And so we're right now at 3,928 deaths since March 17th. That's when the first death was reported. In terms of states with deaths, we are kind of where you'd expect us to be. We're number six. We're the sixth largest state, but we're fairly high up on cases. We're number three nationally in cases, which I think has to do largely with the the ramped up testing that we're doing here.
0: Well, Governor J.B. Pritzker says the Chicago region is now on track to move to the next phase of Restore Illinois by May 29th. That's part of his five-step plan to reopen the state's economy. Let's take a listen.
1: Every region is poised, uh, if it maintains the the metrics that it's at now, to move into phase three in a few short days. I mean, literally, we're talking about 14 days.
0: Laura, it's hard to reconcile the numbers with the idea that we're flattening the curve or that we're you know, two weeks away from transitioning to phase three. How is the governor measuring success?
2: Well, he's measuring success, as he always has, by this, the guidelines that he has set for each one of the phases. And the interesting thing is that uh, he's kind of moved position from where he was earlier in the week when he when when he was indicating that we might be in for a very long plateau might go, that might go well into June. And now he's saying, well, even though I said that a few days ago, now it's looking like we may be into the next phase by the end of the month. So it does send mixed messages, but he also points out, and is pointed out repeatedly, that the numbers change, and the more information we have, the more revisions, and the more knowledge and wisdom we have uh, to, to guide us. And so... Because of all the testing, because the the numbers are are rising in terms of the number of cases and and the amount of testing we're able to do, we have a better handle on on the situation. But those are are different messages and and sometimes difficult to reconcile, especially for some of the communities outside the Chicago area who feel that they're being unfairly uh, left behind because of of strict uh, guidelines that he set out.
0: And as a reminder, Phase 3 doesn't mean a full-scale reopening of the state. Certain things will reopen, like salons, not restaurants, still no in-house dining. And businesses that are reopened will be required uh, to practice social distancing, uh, limit the number of people who who are in the facility. You know, we saw two records this week, the highest single-day number of cases and the highest death toll. And now Governor Pritzker says Illinois' peak period of COVID-19 deaths could stretch into June or even July. Here's what he said
1: on a statewide basis, we haven't passed our peak yet. We have seen more stability in our numbers, but so far we are not seeing significant declines in key metrics like hospitalization.
0: Dave unpacked this for us.
1: Well, I, I think you know Laura hits on a good point with the mixed messaging here. But but you know you burrow down more deeply into these numbers, and I mean the the real benchmarks are not the number of deaths that occur every day or that are announced, or or the total caseload. I mean the metrics that he has set up, you know, the primary ones deal with what they call a positivity rate. It's that's sounds really jargony but what basically what it is is just simple math you know based on the number of tests they 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 give in, in a 24-hour period how many people are testing positive and the benchmark that he sets for that is that you know it's got to be 20 percent for all four regions and the the significant news yesterday that i think we heard him reflect in, in one of the bites you played was that we we now for the first time in at least in the chicago area are below that 20% benchmark just by a sliver. But that's enough if it, if it holds until the end of the month to move us to the next section, uh, the next phase rather. And we also look at hospitalization, uh, the, the amount of uh, admissions, the amount of ICU beds being used and ventilators being used and the like. But I think this plateau period, you know, what we're seeing is a, is a leveling, but we're not seeing a decline. And that's what he's talking about here. Other states like New York, their cases and their, their fatalities seem to be going down. We're not at that point in Illinois yet, and it, it still it could well be a month away before we see anything like that based on the modeling that he's using.
0: Well, Laura, as you said, you know, it's been two months since the state was shut down and the governor is facing serious pushback from suburban Republican lawmakers who want their communities to reopen. How is Governor Pritzker responding to that pushback?
2: Well, I think that uh, what Dave points out in terms of his remarks, recent remarks about the positivity rate, is an example of how he's trying to respond. He has said all along, I'm not changing the rules, uh, the, the, the guidelines that I've set forth are going to stay in place. But he's trying to send the message that he's listening by saying, you know, even though we're two weeks out, we are still two weeks out from the end of the month, that the positivity rate is pushing us in a, in a, in a positive direction. And even it's it's somewhat risky messaging because he's, you know, we've got two more weeks and he's saying, well, right now we're all at 20 percent. But that's not to say that we won't have a rebound. But he's trying to get the word to his critics, basically to say, calm down. Um, This is not going to last forever. I think we're going to move sooner rather than later. We'll have to see if it works. I think there's going to be some conversation about that when the General Assembly convenes next week in, in Springfield.
0: So, maybe a little bit of carrot there from Governor Pritzker, Dave, but was there some stick in his messaging to Republicans as well
1: you know what, what we 're hearing from a lot of suburban mayors, for example, their rates their their hospitalizations, their positivity rates they're lower than the city of Chicago, and they feel like why are their fates tied to the city? They want to reopen more quickly, and so you hear them talking about let our communities kind of break away and go into to, you know other other regions and you know things like that. I mean, he's not budging on any of those things. He has threatened uh, municipalities that that defy his orders, and there are several around the state that have you know passed resolutions or ordinances that would do that. He's saying, you know, look, if when, whenever we get federal relief money to to compensate for for COVID costs, you guys that that defy my orders here might not be able to get any of that. I might not steer it your way. So that's the stick part of it, Jen, that he's talking about, and. As you can imagine, that's rubbing some people the wrong way.
2: Speaking out to businesses and professional folks who are, who are saying they're going to open in defiance of, of the order, and several of them around the state are already doing that by saying, you know, we have, this, we have another stick in federal government where we can revoke your licenses if you're a business or if you're a professional person. So that, that's another way he's sort of uh, waiving the, the, the power of the state uh, to maybe to get people to back off.
0: You're listening to the Friday News Roundup here on Reset when we break down the week's top stories. On our panel today, WBEZ's Dave McKenney and Laura Washington of the Chicago Sun-Times. On Wednesday, conservative justices on the Wisconsin Supreme Court struck down Governor Tony Evers' stay-at-home order. Laura, talk about how that could impact Illinois' efforts to stop the virus from spreading.
2: Well, Illinois is right next door to Wisconsin, and uh, we were already... Hearing at least concern from some businesses on the Illinois Wisconsin border, they're fearful that they're going to lose business at least short term to to some of the businesses that are open, the restaurants and bars, for example. And then, of course, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, going going back and forth and. And, and travel between those two states. One of the, one of the cases that J.B. Crisker has made, in, even in terms of looking at the metropolitan area of Chicago, is that you can't just take each neighborhood in isolation because there is so much community that goes back throughout the, the six-county Chicago metropolitan area. And I think the same argument could be applied to, to Wisconsin, especially when you think about the number of people who have second homes and, and vice versa, Chicago versus Wisconsin. So there's a concern about the health implications of that as well.
0: Well, I want to touch on some of the legal challenges Governor Pritzker is facing right now. Um, on Wednesday, a federal judge denied a request from two suburban churches to hold service despite the state's stay-at-home order. Dave, what can you tell us about that?
1: I would say the federal judge that, that was involved here sort of gave the the churches a bit of a scolding. They said, you know, look. I don't see that the governor is overstepping his bounds here because it's a matter of life and death and, and he ought to have those powers. And he, he is the second judge. It was justice or judge uh, Gettleman in the Northern district here who has, uh, sided with the governor's position. There's really only been one setback legally for the governor at this point. So, I mean, there's not been a, a real strong legal, uh, round of victories for his opponents here. We're seeing those churches you mentioned denials. uh, you know, wanting to make an issue out of things. We're seeing it kind of all over the place. There was a, a federal lawsuit uh, that, that was filed by a, a church out in a, a little town called Lena between Galena and uh, Rockford. Same basic grounds. You know, you can't tell us as a church whether we can congregate or not. We, we are protected by the Constitution. And a different federal judge, but the same results said, yeah, we can. You know, that the state has the authority to do that. So you know, now what you're seeing is, is, you know, some civil disobedience in some of the churches. But, you know, look, the record around the country is pretty clear. I mean, there have been numerous examples where church services have been held. And then the next thing you know, there is a, is a cluster of cases of COVID breaking out, including some deaths. You empathize with these church leaders who are, you know, wanting to you know get the message across and provide relief to people but at the same time they're walking the same tightrope on when is it safe and when is it not safe that everybody else is
0: laura as you've been observing the response to the stay-at-home order in illinois and how some churches are responding what's been your take
2: well i think there's a political problem here for both the governor and lori lightfoot just today the sun times uh, reported that lori lightfoot has sent a letter to an open letter to the church community in chicago because there's been some pushback from Chicago churches, and most recently uh, the prominent philanthropist and, and politician Willie Wilson has gathered a, gr- a group of 100 churches that they suggest may defy the order this weekend. And her message is, uh, this is about community safety, this is about public health, there are other ways for you to worship. And that message is not being heard, by, at least by, by certain churches. And, and some, those churches do have, in the case of, of Willie Wilson, for example, they do have a lot of political power. So those are people that you have to listen to for political reasons. And then there's the other issue for both the governor and the mayor is is that what do you do if they do defy the order, if they do open up, and if it's a widespread activity? They're saying they're not going to uh, tolerate that. That means they have to send in law enforcement authorities. And how does that look in terms of the the politics and the optics if they have to indeed do that?
0: Well, Mayor Lightfoot says the city is prepared to take action if violations occur. And here's what she said about faith leaders considering defying the order.
3: I don't think it's smart. Um, part of the reason that we have put these measures in place is to save people's lives. We did have uh, some congregations that just refused to adhere. And unfortunately, in those circumstances, we've had faith leaders get sick and die. And we have members of their congregations sick and die. So these measures are not arbitrary. They're put in place for a reason. Our hope certainly is that people are going to be compliant, but if not, we will absolutely not hesitate to take other measures to ensure that leaders are leading in a responsible way uh, during this time period. Dave talk about the
0: mayor 's shift in tone here she'd initially taken a, a slightly softer approach to church violations of the stay at home order um, but threatened you know to arrest people who who throw parties if necessary. What needle is she trying to thread? I think Laura points out some of it, but is there more at work
1: Laura is right. There is a political calculation here there 's no question I mean you know you 're dealing with an influential group of people politically, but you know just like ministers can you know ministers have the power of the pulpit. Lori Lightfoot has the power of the the bully pulpit as well, and I think, you know, her shift in tone is basically to sort of ramp it up and convey this message and marshal public support, even within those congregations, that what some of these churches may be doing is unsafe, and she's trying to get the message across to them. I mean, I think that, you know, both she and Governor Pritzker have taken this tone all along that they don't want to be heavy-handed with the enforcement because— You know, look, it's not really clear that they have the authority to send a police department in to break up a wedding or break up a church service or anything like that. They don't want to test that. And plus, the optics of that are awful. We're not at that point, I don't think, where, you know, any of these uh, leaders are thinking about that. But, you know, again, I think what Lightfoot is trying to do, what Pritzker is trying to do as well, is just to sort of ramp up the pressure from people in these congregations that that they then might apply pressure to to the, the ministers in their congregations. And, And
2: Jen, I think that that strategy, there there has been some success with that strategy, especially in Chicago for the mayor around the issue of keeping the lakefront closed and also the issue of parties on the weekend. As you recall, uh, in both cases, she sent very strong messages and sort of ramped those messages up as as things started to begin to unravel, and it seems to be fairly effective. I'm sure there are probably some people out there right now running through the parks But for the most part, you you see people obeying um, that policy about the lakefront. And you don't hear you aren't hearing uh, all the reports about parties on the weekend, although I suspect that maybe the warmer weather might test that that strategy.
0: Amir Lightfoot says the city is currently in phase two of Protect Chicago. That's her five step plan to reopen
3: the city. Let's listen. The Protecting Chicago Framework specifically designed for Chicago's residents and businesses and encompassing a clear, data-driven, five-phase process. Dave, quickly walk us through a few details of that plan.
1: Well, I mean, it's similarly set up uh, as the state plan is, where there are five phases, as you mentioned, and, and it's just sort of a gradual reopening, and right now this phase two mode is is you know, we're, we're all stuck in our homes right now and, and most of the businesses are, are, are shut down. But just like with the state, she has signaled that we are, you know, approaching this, this less restrictive, less restrictive phase three thing. And she said, it's sort of like, it'll sort of be like, uh, you know, a dimmer switch where, you know, the light comes on just a little bit more. It's not a, you know, a regular on off switch that you're going to see The the basic components of her plan are, are again, very similar to the state where, you know, it's based on having, uh, uh, a decline in new cases and, and the positivity rate over a 14-day period of time, like a rolling average, uh, they want stable or declining hospitalization and ICU admissions in, in the uh, in the healthcare facilities, and you know ultimately, you know we we could see an opening up uh, in June, perhaps. I mean, the, the, the mayor has not been definitive yet that that's actually going to happen. But, but you know, she's talked about giving out more guidance to, to businesses about how this next phase should look. So I think we are getting close to a next phase uh, where Chicagoans will have a little more freedom.
0: Laura,
2: talk a little bit
0: about the differences we're seeing in the way Mayor Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker are approaching the local pandemic response.
2: Well, I think that, you know, obviously the governor has a, a much bigger territory that he has to, to oversee. And so he has to Think about a number of different regions. Where, where as a mayor, just has the city of Chicago. I think she also has a bigger challenge in that, of course, for obvious reasons, because a, a significant majority of the cases are in Chicago and Cook County. In fact, this week, Cook County became the the most affected uh, county in the, in the nation. Um, and also because many of those people are people of color, and that's and of course Chicago is a place where many people of color live. And so she, I think that. I think that she's thinking about those kinds of things, but she's also, I think, I think trying to listen or she's appearing to, to be listening and maybe responding more to some of the industries than, than the, the governor has. Sam Toya, the head of the Illinois Restaurant Association, has been very vocal about saying that we have to move restaurants uh, toward reopening much more quickly than what J.D. Prisker is allowing if, if we're going to save them. And she has been saying, you know, that she's open to that, that she's open to looking at ways that restaurants can, through some creative beings, for example, having more outdoor space for service, uh, having um, a, a more reservations so that contact tracing can be implemented if there is an issue in a restaurant, that she's open more and more flexible. And, in fact, she has said that she's created a number of task forces that are looking at, from across all industries, that are looking at some creative strategies to move beyond just those strict uh, guidelines that the governor has set out.
0: The Chicago Teachers Union is now calling on the state to force the city to bargain over the terms of remote learning. Laura, unpack what's going on for us.
2: Well, the, this is an issue that the Teachers Union has has brought to the fore because they're arguing that there, there, are, there are emergency regulations in the state of Illinois that require uh, they come from the Illinois Board of Education they say that if uh, there is a need for remote learning, the way that is laid out and the way that is handled has to be negotiated between the employers and the collective bargaining units in those in those districts. And so the union is saying, the CTU is saying that we have a right to consult with and, and get, provide input to the, the Chicago Board of Education and to the mayor about how that remote remote learning is conducted. Lori Lightfoot's response and the, the board's response has been: uh, you're you're trying to reopen the our the contract, of collective bargaining agreement that we settled last year, and we're not going to allow that. We see this as a collective bargaining issue, and that there's no opportunity to reopen that. CPU disagrees.
0: Hmm. So I wonder, Laura, because this is uncharted ter- territory for a lot of people, is this going to really shift the way the union unit bargains moving forward? Since we, you know, we've learned so much about how prepared. Chicago and much of the state is for remote learning for kids.
3: Well,
2: absolutely. And I think that, you know, I I, I don't think that the the teachers union sees itself as being handcuffed by this. I think it's a a three-year, multi-year contract. And I think that they're going to continue to push not just on this particular issue, but in the future, beyond whatever the restrictions are on the contract, because who knows, next September, we may still be in a situation where we have to continue remote learning. And that does have an impact on their members and and the way they do their work and and the resources and support that they need from CPS.
0: Now, state lawmakers have agreed to meet next week for a three-day special legislative session beginning Wednesday. This is the first time lawmakers will meet since March 5th. Dave, what's on the agenda?
1: Well, they've laid out seven broad areas i mean the passing a state budget is is chief among those the governor has also talked about a desire to get some sort of a coronavirus relief package on the state level put together i mean he, he talked about areas where you know the federal uh relief that that came to illinois you know, miss swaths of working families and small businesses. So he's wanting to kind of get into that. But of course, the big question with those kinds of thing, things are where does the money come from? And and so that that's going to be something we'll see in in this three day period. It's going to play out. It's going to be really peculiar because the uh, the the House, 118 members in the House, they're they're taking extraordinary steps to maintain distance from one another. They're moving into a civic center in downtown Springfield to hold the session for three days. That's never happened. And then the Senate, they're going to be, uh, you know, in their usual chambers in the Capitol. But but everybody's going to be undergoing temperature checks and and, uh, they're supposed to be all wearing masks when they they go there. But we've seen some pushback from from a handful of Republican members from downstate who, who say that they're not going to wear masks. So it's going to get kind of a you know, we're going to see some skirmishing. I think just on those broader points like that. But, you know, there there is a lot of work to do to jam into three days. And I don't really think that there's a whole big appetite to go beyond three days because, you know, we've seen other situations where legislatures, they're, they're, they're crowded things. People are on top of one another, lobbyists everywhere, the public. Uh, the General Assembly here doesn't want to see that happen. They're still fearful, as they've seen in other states that have done this, where people could be getting sick and you'd have another mini cluster. That kind of arises. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we only see this three-day period, and that's it until, you know, until perhaps the fall.
0: That's it for the Friday News Roundup. Thanks to our panel today, WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney and Laura Washington of the Chicago Sun-Times and ABC7. Dave, Laura, thanks so much for joining us, and stay safe. You
2: You too. too, Thanks.
0: And that's today's Reset. Many people use their commute to listen to podcasts. So if you don't have one right now, it can be hard to catch up on everything in your feed, but you're still cooking and cleaning the house and just, you know, hanging out on the couch. So there are plenty of opportunities to get in your daily Reset podcast. We bring you the most complete coverage of the pandemic, plus local news, arts, and culture. So make sure you join us for new shows Monday through Friday, and thanks. I'm Jen White. Have a great weekend, and let's talk again soon.